0: When Bud Light released a commemorative beer can of transgender actor and activist Dylan Mulvaney to celebrate him cosplaying as a woman for a year, conservatives began a boycott of all Anheuser-Busch products. Typically, these boycotts follow a pattern of outrage, losing interest, and returning to the status quo after about a week, maybe a month, if we're really lucky. However, two months into the boycott, it is still happening and it is still going strong. This boycott has shown that conservatives are finally starting to fight back in the culture war. We have been rejuvenated by this because it has shown a lot of the dirty truths about how corporations and establishment politicians have completely different values of everyday Americans like ourselves, and how activists work together to ensure the erosion of conservative values. I can tell already that this will be a focal point of what's to come in the upcoming 2024 election. We're going to break down why this boycott matters and what it has revealed about conservatism and the intersection of politics and corporate interests. I'm Tim Shrimp, and you're listening to the All-You-Can-Eat Shrimp Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Making the All You Can Eat Shrimp podcast is a very rewarding career, but also a time-consuming career. And when I'm not working hard giving listeners the best political content out there, I enjoy myself some uplifting content from CheesiestCrust underscore RL, who longtime listeners may already know as Dusty Major. His content is always positive and uplifting, which is a perfect break from the insanity of politics you might find in my show. Just follow the link in the description to find his TikTok, and if you got time, visit my page too while you're at it. That's cheesiestcrust underscore RL on TikTok. First, let's break down what has actually happened. Anheuser Bush, the owners of Bud Light, decided to promote transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney for pretending to be a girl for a year with a promotional beer can sent in late March. This ad did not go well. Not only did it come off as condescending to Anheuser's main audience, but Dylan decided to take his opportunity to promote himself by making fun of March Madness. And it came off as kind of sexist by playing the whole stereotype that women don't know nothing about sports and Dylan Mulvaney is clearly a woman because he plays into these stereotypes. The company's stock began to quickly tank, losing $3 billion by mid-April. It is now May, and the company's stock is still on the decline, with bartenders on social media claiming that they are seeing a huge decline in Bud Light purchases at bars. In fact, a recent TikTok video came out of Fenway Park where there are literally no lines for Bud Light beer. Like, you go to Fenway Park, you you go to the stands for specific beers, and all these beer companies, they have lines... All the way around the block, while it is a ghost town for Bud Light. Turns out, once you insult uh, the sports crew, they tend to not want to buy your product. And Haja Bush has also been doing a lot of damage control for the last few weeks. They first tried releasing an advertisement claiming that Budweiser is part of the American spirit. They even busted out their iconic Clydesdale horses for the commercial. However, hopping on to the company's official YouTube video of the commercial, the 6,000 dislike ratio is proof that conservatives saw through the charade. And the fact that Budweiser is actually trying to mitigate some of the damage actually ticked off a lot of LGBT rights activists for backtracking their support for Dylan Mulvaney. One of the big damage control things they tried to do was is releasing a memo saying all they did was give a single can to a single influencer. They did not want it to be a campaign, and they more or less said they didn't want to be associated with if someone like Dylan Mulvaney, once they they realized how toxic this individual was. As a result of the backtracking, LGBT groups and gay bars are also starting to boycott the sale of Bud Lights. So basically, you're getting hatred from both of anti-gay traditional conservatives and far-left uh, LGBT activists following through with a boycott of the brand. With backlash this strong, Bud Light's marketing BP took what they referred to as a forced leave of absence after the controversy, which is just corporate legalese for she got fired for screwing up so bad. One thing I find very interesting is that Donald Trump Jr. also tried to mitigate the boycott by reminding people that Anheuser-Busch was a big donor to the GOP. Hop onto OpenSecrets.com and you quickly find that the beer company donated $5 million to GOP groups and elections in 2020. And despite this, people on the right did not want to let up on the boycott. And I'm not talking about major GOP politicians that will go along with party lines. I'm talking about the actual common man that goes in and votes. Basically, people who listen to these podcasts and have legit opinions but don't make policy. They're the people who are falling through the boycott and they don't care what Donald Trump Jr. has to say. They're continuing with the boycott. And people on the left were shocked to see conservatives ignore the president's son plea and continue. If I'm being honest, this boycott has impressed even me. Conservatism as a whole has been very fractured recently, and the fact that you can get so many people to not only fight back in the culture war and win this battle is honestly impressive and we need to keep this momentum going for 2024. And like all victories, there are many lessons we can learn. We cannot underestimate the fact that this boycott is successful. A month later and the Anheuser-Busch company is still dealing with massive damage controls with one single partnership with Mulvaney. In fact, A leaked letter from the company was sent out to their wholesalers saying that they never meant to cause controversy with their partnership. They were quick to blame their own marketing team, going as far as saying none of these marketing folk have ever been to a NASCAR race, football game, or rodeo. Anheuser is so worried about the backlash, they're even offering a free case of beer to every employee in its wholesaler network. This is all evidence that chaos is brewing for the company. They're firing members of the marketing team left and right because Anheuser knows they're tanking not just in sales, but reputation-wise. Anheuser knows its base of conservative men are passing the beer for companies that agree with our values. Anheuser is backtracking hard on its partnership with the TikTok store by trying to iterate they sent him a single can not available for sale to the public. It honestly does seem like they knew the marketing strategy would lead to trouble from the very beginning. They just failed to see how much trouble it actually would cause. They just assumed that people would again follow a pattern of outrage, temporary boycott, then return to normalcy after a brief period. That clearly is not the case. The one thing I love about this boycott is the fact that it unintentionally brought some attention to why these companies actually feel the need to advertise to LGBT communities at such a high degree that it actually hurts themselves in the eyes of their already established customer base. Believe it or not, these companies very rarely try to expand their base to exclusively LGBT people. What they're actually doing is trying to protect their Corporate Equality Index Score, or CIE. In short, a lot of investment firms like BlackRock, Vanguard, work alongside the George Soros-funded Human Rights Center, or HRC, scores all major companies on how supportive they are of LGBT issues. They actually have the power to go to these companies and make demands of them or risk having their CEI score lowered, a company that gets a perfect Corporate Equality Index score of 100 gets the coveted label of best place to work for LGBT equality. And according to the New York Post, 15 of the top 20 Fortune 500 companies have this title. And these companies are more than willing to fulfill these demands purely out of the fear of the bad press of losing their pro-LGBT rights status. It's why a lot of these companies with these high scores tend to mistreat their workers. A good example is Amazon having one of the worst turnover rates of any company purely due to how it treats its employees is deemed one of the best companies for LGBT people to work for. Having a low corporate equality index score also risks private equity firms like BlackRock and Vanguard coming in and voting CEOs out of their positions and replacing them with their own people. As well as the value of your company dropping all Basically saying support our cause or risk losing what you truly value, money. And as far as the companies are concerned, this has never truly been about supporting people like Dylan Mulvaney. It's always been about money. A big reason why Dylan Mulvaney was a brand ambassador for so many products is because his producer is working hand-in-hand with the HRC to make sure Mulvaney is front and center, getting paid a ton of money for his brand, and more importantly, getting a lot of exposure for their movement. So, don't be surprised if you eventually see see Mulvaney trying to make his return to a big Broadway show in the near future. However, this has proven to be a double-edged sword for Mulvaney and his movement. Honestly, Mulvaney, just like most people, expected conservatives to give up after a few weeks and things would just return to the status quo. But that is clearly not the case. As we are seeing, the damage that Bud Light is facing right now is going to be long lasting. I can guarantee you that Budweiser will not be using someone as controversial as Dylan in any more partnerships. Other companies aren't going to risk annoying or even offending their customer base either. Target is learning that lesson the hard way. After news broke about the retail chain releasing tuck-friendly swimsuits targeted specifically towards children, the backlash in Twitter after just a week was enough for Target to not only pull the product off store shelves, but to hold emergency meetings to deal with the backlash. And even when these companies retreat, it's still a losing strategy for them. Target actually got condemned by Governor Gavin Newsom for bowing to conservatives and pulling their items, creating a feedback loop for these companies. It's not even worth starting the controversy to begin with. And anyone who tells you that this is free press for Target is either lying to you or uneducated on the situation. Because even left leaning groups Want to stop shopping at the retail chain. Don't be surprised when, a year from now, these companies start playing the game of rainbow capitalism much more subtly in the future. Even Mulvaney can see the writing on the wall. He actually took a leave of absence from his TikTok because he was getting so much backlash. So many people made videos condemning Mulvaney for boiling womanhood down to something as artificial as clothes and hair. When Mulvaney came back from his break, he actually had the audacity to argue that misgendering him should be illegal. Meaning that if this podcast ever finds his way to Dylan Mulvaney, he would argue that I should be put in jail for the crime of calling a man a man. And if that's the case, all I have to say is this. Mr. Mulvaney, I want you to listen to me, sir. I think you should man up and not jail people for misgendering you. I don't think you want to be known as the man who fought to restrict free speech for his fellow men. But in all seriousness, the backlash we are seeing is a perfect opportunity for conservatives to actually get their base energized and start fighting the culture war again. A big reason why so many people on the right have been reluctant to move away from the Donald Trump base and support other politicians who not only fight the culture battles, but proven that they can do it in a much more tactful way than President Donald Trump ever could. People like Ron DeSantis that are really good at fighting these culture battles and not falling into the same traps that Donald Trump often did during his presidency. To all the never-Trumper Republicans out there, you need to understand that Donald Trump's biggest strength was always the fact that he was willing to fight these culture battles. Not just fight things on Capitol Hill and on the state level, but actually get involved in cultural movements to stop the decay of the culture. 2016 made conservatives realize that policy is just one aspect of politics and we have ignored the cultural aspect of politics for too long. As a result, we have seen Christian and conservative values erode to a point it's considered fascist to say drag queens should not be stripping in front of children, but perfectly acceptable to say that a person should be imprisoned for calling a biological man a man. Listeners are probably wondering, how did we get here? There's always been a huge disconnect between conservative people like myself and the actual GOP establishment that just focuses purely on policy and deals with big business. And until Donald Trump came into the political sphere, so many conservative people just followed along with the trend of fighting political battles rather than cultural battles. For too long, we've ignored things like getting involved in the community and reshaping things. As a result of this negligence, the left was able to thrive in the areas we've neglected that they now control so many aspects of our lives. The 2016 election made conservatives realize that policy is just one aspect of politics, and we've ignored the culture battle for way too long and we have seen Christian and conservative values erode to a point it's considered fascist to say drag queens should not be stripping in front of children, but perfectly acceptable to say that a person should be imprisoned for calling a biological man a man. It's also no longer a right versus left issue. A big reason I have delayed this episode until almost the end of Pride Month is primarily because I have been observing how brands have been moving away from the LGBT movement in terms of advertisement. The LGBT community's biggest hubris is the fact that they feel they can always punch up and nobody will ever stop them. Despite acceptance of LGBT lifestyles being on the upswing for the last two decades, they still feel like they are in a good position where they can actively be hostile to people who disagree with them, calling anyone who is religious fascists, even if they do not express anti-LGBT beliefs. Guilt by association, after all. And in doing so, this has proven to be a very bad strategy in the long run. As a result, public support for specifically the transgender movement has been waning as they become more and more radicalized. I know this because I have many non-conservative friends who are getting frustrated with members of the transgender community pushing ideology in classrooms. In fact, I know many LGBT friends who openly condemn Pride because they've also grown sick of seeing their own community promote their beliefs with not just adult drag queens stripping for children at these events, but minors stripping for adults while grown gay men throw money at these children. Any member of the LGBT community will confirm that their community has been riddled with infighting with a minority of people within the group who truly want to tear at society they feel has oppressed them their entire life. This is why you have LGBT groups openly antagonizing Christians during Dodger's Pride Night, openly mocking Catholic fans and players in a manner that would be considered a hate crime if you did the exact same things to Muslims or Jews who believe the exact same things about homosexuality as Christians. Many religious people are deciding they do not want to support people and products that openly mock and despise us for what we believe. So, we are beginning to shop elsewhere. And the LGBT community wants to keep fighting the culture battle, despite being so close to being societally accepted in 2015. But they just had to keep on cranking up the heat to the point where even own members of their community can't stand them. It's gotten to the point where you're seeing a huge backlash within Gen Z where you got young kids actively going against the indoctrination of their teachers the same way that we saw millennials give to the war on drugs in the early 2000s. And we're definitely starting to see the cultural crack and decay. And you can definitely see this in how companies try to navigate the sense of pride. Companies who normally change their Twitter to rainbow colors for the month of June Didn't really do that this year. In fact, when Major League Baseball changed their Facebook logo to the rainbow flag, they got so many laugh reacts, they flipped it back within 24 hours. After seeing what happened to Target and Bud Light, other brands and companies will not take on the backlash that Target and Budweiser had to take. So this June, companies were very careful in how they supported Pride this year. I mean, yeah, they still advertise to LGBT people by supporting Pride events and selling merchandise, but they realized a big show of it will only cause more division and hurt their bottom line. So this Pride Month was kind of a more quiet celebration more than anything. So for being honest, this boycott should be the first step in making a big comeback for conservatives in the culture war because it shows that not only do boycotts work, but conservative values still have a place in modern America. Anheuser-Busch is scrambling to get their customers back. They're also dealing with backlash from the previous mentioned human rights campaign for not defending Dylan Mulvaney during the backlash because they would rather make a profit off of their product than sit around and be part of a culture battle. While trying to protect their CEI score, they pissed off their customer base and the exact same people they were trying to please got insulted and they're also mad at this company so they basically pissed off everyone and got nothing in return Bud Light got dethroned as the king of beers and the company is hemorrhaging money even months into the boycott. Ideally this boycott will be taught in marketing classes helping future business people realize that you need to know your main audience. And conservatives should learn to stay united and keep their values at the forefront of this culture war. The 2024 election cycle is coming up, and this needs to be the first step in conservatives fighting back against companies that actively hate our values. But they will still make big campaign donations to GOP leaders so that they will be fine in whatever happens in the 2024 election. We need to fight this culture battle, and we can't be afraid of the left attacking us for our values. We need to be the loudest group, and then we can finally win this culture war again. I'm Tim Shrimp, and you have been listening to the All-You-Can-Eat Shrimp Podcast. And I hope you had your fill.